Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of SIDcast. My name is David Gibson and uh, my official title here in Evansville, Indiana is a student assistant for athletic communications at the University of Southern Indiana. So I only found it fitting to uh, interview Ray and Dan, my two supervisors, my two bosses, what have you. I work with both of them on a daily basis and a gamely basis, if that's a word. Uh, if not, I'm just going to make it up and just roll with it. So uh, anyway, I did have a lot of fun doing this episode. Um, back on uh, August the 1st or something like that, like the July transition to August type of thing, uh, I got a phone call just sitting in my car after lunch one day from working, and uh, it was Ray, and I had no idea why he was calling me. No idea why he was calling me. And I just thought he wanted to call and say hi. And um, he said, well, one of our GAs left. We were wondering if you could fill the position. And I was like, well, heck yeah. So I I, uh, I accepted right there on the spot, and I'm very, very grateful. And um, when I first started SIDcast, Ray and Dan were people that I wanted to have on uh, right from the get-go, it just never worked out that way um, between volunteers and, and topics with people I wanted to talk about. But with this uh, anniversary thing going on, it only seemed fitting. So went into the office. Uh, as I'm recording this, I literally went in today, um, kind of ambushed them and said, do you have half an hour? And then it actually turned out to be about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, actually. So um, just a right around a right around the time. So, And I think this is the second time. Okay, this is the second time that I've done an interview in person. Um, we're about to have three after this campaign is up uh, with a special guest. Um, you guys will figure that out later because I'll have, have the calendar graphic back up. But um, and then there's also the second time that I've had more than one person on the pod at, at the same time that I'm interviewing. So uh, I thought it worked out really well. I really did enjoy this one. Uh, sound quality is great. Um, one little thing I have about it, I'm not sure if you can hear it. I'm I'm editing this as as we speak. But um, we are building a new gymnasium, a new arena, if you will. Uh, it is a beautiful arena. If you haven't seen the video, it's our uh, pinned tweet on at USI Athletics over on there. That's what we're building right now. So, And the SID offices are kind of near that. So if you hear uh, a truck backing up, you know, the beeps, um, if you hear someone hammering something, you know, that just know that construction's going on. There's also, um, we closed the door, but I did my best to kind of get rid of some background noise. Um, and uh, it's a coach's office, obviously, so you're going to hear some coaches um, talking, laughing, doing whatever, which is perfectly fine. I mean, some people like the ambient noise. I like the ambient noise. I don't like to completely cut out all the background noise, but I, I figured that would be a little fun. So obviously the answer to today's 7-7 uh, seven and seven contest question is USI. I could have put Southern Indiana, but that was way too many, and I don't have the time for that, so I just shortened it to USI. Um, congrats to whoever got the uh, the points there, and uh, we hope to get you one step closer to getting your SIDcast t-shirt. So again, you must be following us over on Twitter, at SportsInfoCast, in order to qualify for the contest. And then as all, if you have any questions about it, you can direct message me on both accounts at David Gibson underscore XC or you can just message us on a SIDcast at SportsInfoCast over on Twitter and our email is SportsInfoCast at gmail.com. So uh, I won't be talking for much longer guys. I know this one is uh, kind of the shorter one of the ones that we've got coming up this week but um, 
Well, we first start off uh, kind of how we usually do, only um, we'll start with Ray Simmons and Dan McDonald right here, but Ray will go first. Uh, he'll talk about his very first taste of sports information right here on SIDcast. Basically, how I got into sports information was basically by accident. Um, originally, I wanted to go into uh, radio broadcasting. Walked into history class one day at SIU Edwardsville, uh, saw a guy with a shirt on, said sports information on. I said, hey, what's that? And he goes, well, we get paid to do stats at the basketball games. And, of course, being a poor college student at the time, I thought, oh, money. I <laughs> uh, just didn't ever realize how little money I would actually see in this profession. But uh, that was my first taste, and then uh, while at Edwardsville, we did the, uh, uh, I did statistics for baseball, soccer, basketball. Uh, we, I was part of the crew that hosted back-to-back national championships for wrestling, and uh, that was pretty much my start. Perfect. And Dan, how about you? A um, little bit, you know, I wanted to be a football player, didn't want to be a football coach. Um, when I was in high school, I had a athletic director tell me that, you know, you're really good at, like, the stats and everything. You know a lot of this stuff. You should go into sports information. And at, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Uh-huh. Um, junior year in college, I do a practicum. My my best friend's working in the sports information office. I do a practicum. I just kind of get wrapped into doing some stats and and, and some, you know, post-game stories, pre-game stories. Next thing you know, I'm a, a student assistant my senior year in college, um, doing an undergrad internship at the conference office. Before I know it, I'm at USI as an intern, and I've been here for 18 years. <laughs> so um, it, it's just the matter of I, I got into it really because of uh, my best friend was in it and, and he's now in it part-time and I'm in it full-time and, and we're, we've gone that route. Perfect. Perfect. So, uh, like you kind of said, you were in high school, you had no idea what an SID was. Your AD did though. I've talked to a lot of people, um, almost 50 of them. Actually, I believe you guys are going to technically together. You're going to be 50. So not a whole lot of people know about SIDs in the high school, you know, in the younger. So why do you think that is? And what's one thing that someone can do to kind of teach the younger generation what this profession is all about? We're behind the scenes. And ultimately, you know, I'm not in it for notoriety. I'm not in it for awards. I'm not in I'm in it to do a job to promote our student athletes and, if our student athletes are getting visibility, then I'm doing my job right. And and obviously, there's you know at, at different schools, there's going to be you know, SIDs are going to wear different hats um, uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, here, we've got a lot of game management duties with as far as set up public address, and, you know, making sure that your PA is taken care of, your scores table is taken care of. And, you know, so if people are coming to games and, and not noticing hiccups, you know, wh- whether it be music that's not playing right or the sound that's not playing right, I'm doing my job right. 
you know, they're coming to an event, and, and I like to say these are events and not just games. They're events because people are paying to come see them. Um, then I'm doing my job right. If they're, if they're enjoying themselves and, and, you know, it's a good environment, then, then we're doing our jobs right. Perfect. Ray, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I mean, SIDs, again, like Dan said, is we're behind the scenes. Uh, the only time you really ever see us is if there's bad news. Uh, you know, I mean, we're there. To, we're we're never. A lot of people think that we're at the games to enjoy ourselves, and we, you know, we we just love watching the events. That, that's farthest from the truth. I mean, uh, the best story I've got about that is when we won the national championship in '95. My dad sees me on CBS, and he goes, "You guys just won a national championship, and you were, you look like you were so serious, like somebody had just killed your dog." And I said, but Dad, I was still working. Uh, and, I mean, my parents still have no idea really what it is I do. They know I go to ball games, uh -huh. but they still really have no idea after 30 years what I actually do. Yeah, so we're, I, I have questions about that because I always like to ask questions like that. We may jump around here, but, Ray, um, how did you get to work at ESPN? Uh, I went to my first Cosidoc workshop in 1987. And had no intention of interviewing or doing anything. Uh, my my mentor and uh, boss at SIU Edersville, Steve Weller, said, hey, they've got some undergrad internships here. Be sure to bring your portfolio and things like that. So I did. And uh, Mike Soltis at ESPN just happened to be there at, looking for an intern. And I said, sure. So I threw my name in the hat. He interviewed me. What impressed him the most was when he said, hey, can I have copies of your resume? I didn't have extra copies at the time. Within 20 minutes, I went and found a copy machine, made copies, and he had his copies. And he said that impressed him. He, he, he said not everybody would have been back here within 20 minutes to drop this stuff off. And working at ESPN, I mean, I got to rub shoulders with some really neat people like, you know, Berman and Vital and, uh, well, a Cosida uh, legend and Rosa Gotti and, Chris Lapaka, and it really got me my start, and it kind of gave me a stepping stone to get in the next job after that. Perfect. So, Dan, we're going to go back to you. Uh, I want to know, like, how the job process was of getting here at USI, kind of that internship, like you said. I mean, what was, like, going through your life at the time? And had you ever heard of USI before? No, I hadn't. Uh, you know the old saying that it's not what you know, it's who you know? This is exactly how it it's a good example of it. Um, I did my uh, undergrad internship at the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference office. And at the time, the guy that was there, I was maybe with him for like three days, the, the, the athletic communications director at the conference office. He had taken another job uh, at, a, at a different conference. So I was stuck there kind of filling that role working on some publications over the over the summer and and helping to plan a football media day well a guy by the name of Chris Cole came in towards the end of my summer internship and he was from northern Kentucky which used to be a school in the Great Lakes Valley Conference well Chris took the the head job as the as the associate commissioner for athletic communications and he had uh, had worked with Ray at conference meet or at the conference uh, basketball tournaments and everything, and and 
when it came time for me to start as my senior year to start looking for uh, internships and in GA spots, I had applied for five different jobs, and uh, one of them was Southern Indiana. And um, uh, Chris knew me. I, I had worked with him at, at the conference office and then a couple different conference events throughout the year. And he said, you know what, I know Ray. He called Ray. Next thing you know, I got an interview. And uh, the funny thing is, I, I said my senior year coming out of college, I'll, I'll never go to a school that doesn't have football. And if I do, I'm only going to stay there for a year. 18 years later, I'm still at a school that doesn't have football. <laughs> so uh, it's just fun. It, you know, this is one of those things where I, I'd put the work in as an undergrad, but at the same time, I still having that contact that had known somebody and, and put in a good word for me helped me out. What did you think of Dan when you first interviewed him? Um, oh man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, I mean, he came across as somebody who knew what he was doing. I mean, he, he had the skills that I was looking for. Uh, little did I know, you know, you know, how he would grow into the job. I mean, he was here two years as an intern. I tried to get rid of him after the first year, but he said, no, I don't think I've got enough time in. And so he stuck around and I got him a little extra money and, and then uh, by the time the third year came around, he was indispensable because he had taken over some of the publications we were doing. Uh, used to, we would send all of our publications across campus. Uh, at that point in time, we were not allowed to uh, touch uh, PageMaker and or uh, uh, InDesign because, you know, we were SIDs. We weren't supposed to be able to do design work. And Dan showed the people across the street that, you know, hey, he, he could handle some of this stuff. And at that point, he would actually walk across campus, work over there on publications, and then he would come back over here to work over here. And there were times I wouldn't see him for a week because he'd be over there all, the whole week working on publications. And so, I mean, we that was a long time ago that, you know, and I remember the first Mac we got him was a Mac laptop, so he could actually work over here on publications. Perfect. So, Dan, why did you feel the need to kind of learn that publication skill, especially with InDesign and with the Adobe suites like that? Um, well, number one, to help out uh, my employer. Um, I always tell students uh, that I come across that, the more skills you have, the more the more things you can do, the more marketable you are to future employers. Um, if I could just keep stats or if I could just write, I wouldn't be at USI right now. And they would, you know, they would have said, "Yeah, you know what? We can just go ahead and keep getting another intern." Um, that wasn't the case. You know, it, and and I took it. I I had some really good people to work with in graphic in graphics. I, I I will tell you this much: you learn more in your first week on the job than you ever learn in school, and and, and that whether it be experiences that you have, you, you know, dealing with student athletes or coaches, or just actually learning new skills. I, I have picked up so many skills 
as an employee at USI that, you know, it's any, you, you learn new things every day. And, and the second that you stop learning new things, maybe you should probably look at something different because, you know, it's the, that's the great thing about, you know, what we do is we get to learn new things all the time. It can be very frustrating at times because, um, you know, the, we would have never envisioned some of the things that we do now. Um, but you know, Ray talked about going across the street and working on graphics across the street. Well, now it's, you know, we're all connected to a server and I, I you know, it, I pull it up just as easy at home now as I do, you know, as I would have across the street working in the graphic arts department. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's been a lot of changes, but you just learn. You keep learning new things, and, and it's for the betterment of yourself and, and the employer. Uh, this question is for the both of you today, and we'll start with you. And like you said, over 18 years, you didn't envision doing some of the stuff you did now. So what are some kind of the key changes that you've seen in the industry from when you first started till now? Well, when I first started, we were just starting to get into websites and and when I first went to school, we didn't really have the World Wide Web. It was just getting started. Um, if that dates me a little bit, then <laughs> I, I guess I just threw myself under the bus. But um, no, so we've gone from, you know, websites now to interactive websites to, you know, mobile devices. Um, I got a degree in mass communications with a triple emphasis in public relations, news and editorial, and broadcast journalism. And I've had some opportunities to, you know, early earlier in my career to to get on radio and, and with with WSWI. Occasionally, John Morris has needed me to to fill in and do a couple games here and there, and and that's been great. But I would have never envisioned us actually pretty much creating our own uh, uh, broadcasts video-wise. The, the GLBC Sports Network, um, it's a great vision. It's a lot of work, um, but it's it's something I would have never dreamed of that we'd be doing. I mean, essentially, we're, we're producing a network now. And, you know... We we used to have things in folders and we were faxing things out and um, I think it's just the immediacy uh, of everything you know whether it's you know pushing a, a highlight to Twitter or something it, it's the 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 now aspect and before it was you know the game would happen and and we send the stats out to the media on the fax machine and then we'd send a story out on the fax machine and oh man <laughs> that that's that it seems like a ancient times so there, there's un unbelievable amount of changes ray same question mm -hmm. before we get back to your uh, experiences well i mean if you i mean i've i've gone pretty much the whole gambit uh, i've gone from a typewriter to one of the very first Macs to a, a dual drive IBM computer and the fax machine, getting a fax machine in my house, you know, in the mid nineties, that, that was, I was really, you know, 
I thought, you know, I've made it. I've got a fax machine in my house and I can get, I don't have to stay at the office and everything. I can actually have people just fax it to me. In fact, I think at one point I had two phone numbers going into the house. But what has amazed me, and Dan covered a lot of it with, uh, you know, the changes in technology and everything. But I think the biggest thing that has amazed me, especially over the last three to four years, is how we've gotten away from the written word to now just graphics. Uh, you know, and that part of that's the immediacy of social media and things like that. But I never thought we would get away from the written word the way we have. And, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, releases now, instead of being, you know, detailed game reports, are now just barely recaps. Uh, you know, most people don't do feature stories anymore unless it's done on video. So I think that's the biggest change is the fact that we've gotten away so much from the written word and now gone to those pictures that are now worth a thousand words. Perfect. So, uh, Ray, I said we'd get back to some of your experience. I know you went down to FIU. So mm -hmm. how did you get that job and was it any different than what you had done at SIU? Uh, not really. I went down there as a, uh, an assistant intern, whatever they wanted to call it back then. <laughs> uh, you know, I handled men's and women's soccer, women's basketball and baseball at the time. And I got the job basically by going to Cosida and going through the interview process again. Uh, I mean, that first job was hard to get because, I mean, there was a lot of competition at the time. And uh, spent a year down there and then came back and had considered going back for another year, but, you know, really wanted to get out back on my own. And really, Miami was great, but it really wasn't for me. So I, that's when I started. I had the opportunity. I actually had the opportunity to go here to USI. Or uh, at that time, I, the other candidate for the position was Eric Hess, who's at SIU Edwardsville. Well, if Eric got the job here, I was going to SIU and going, going to be a graduate assistant. If Eric or, and, or Eric was going to uh, stay at SIU Wettersville as a graduate assistant, well, I got the job. He stayed there. And now he's been the uh, top SID there for since about 93 or 94. So, I mean, it could have been, I could have been at another school, just, just twist of fate. Real quick before we get back to you, Dan, any culture shock that you ever had moving around like that? Not really. Uh, I mean, I was always I was always very adaptable. I mean, I went from living in Edwardsville to living in Connecticut, back to Edwardsville, back down to Miami, back to my hometown in Illinois, then to Evansville, all within a span of about five years. And I was ready to put down some roots by that end of that time. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. So, Dan, back to you. You, you kind of touched on the streaming services a little bit. So... How has it been like just trying to, like you said, kind of creating that network because conferences and even schools now are kind of getting so centralized with their media? What what has that process been like? It's been a long process and, and frustrating at times. Um, uh, we really do uh, have have some good, you know, you know it can be frustrating, but we, we do have some good leadership from the conference office when it comes to that aspect as far as the, the vision uh, of the GLBC Sports Network. Um, it, it's been one of those um, processes that, you know, started about four years ago with, with the 
with the emphasis of, of just, okay, well, what do we want this network to look like? Um, I remember uh, I was on a, uh, on the uh, graphics committee and and just kind of, you know, talking about what, you know, what a broadcast want to look like, you know, what the, what are the, what type of artwork do we want, um, you know, logo wise and, and stuff like that. So, you know, just coming up with something that, that was going to bring the entire conference together under, under one umbrella, um, before we were doing we were streaming on Ustream. Some schools were streaming on, uh, what was it? Yeah. Penn Atlantic, I think, was was, was the um, or or America One uh, were some of the streaming uh, op options beforehand and and before the GOC Sports Network, and then uh, yeah, we we latched on with with what was Volar Video and now is Blue Frame Technology, and, and really the the product that they've given us is really really allowed us to do some nice things you know whether it be a one camera setup or a three camera setup you know tying in announcers and you know we've had some infrastructure here especially in the pack that has allowed us to tie in broad you know the the rate whether it be radio or actually dedicated announcers uh, to go with you know bring that all up to the third floor of the pack and um, you know, bringing the cameras all to one central location, and so we've had some nice infrastructure there. We've uh, we've had to to do a few different things with baseball and softball, and, and soccer's got a nice setup to where to where we can get the the cameras hooked up and have announcers and everything. So, but it's exciting. Um, the the one thing, and this goes back to the changes and stuff, is is the fact that we've really become our own media, and um before we were so reliant upon getting our message out through the newspaper or the TVs and and now it's you know it's just getting our message out through word of mouth via social media and um you know everyone is you know I don't want to say that we don't need the media we love having the media out and and they give us a larger audience um, but at the same time, um, we can still get our message out, whether the media picks up things or not. Um, we, we're still able to get our message out. We're still able to push highlights hours. You know, people are able to watch the games on GOVC Sports Network, or if we shoot a highlight, you know, with our phones and, and push it to Twitter or, or Facebook, you know, they're able to see, they get a glimpse of that game. So uh, it, it's, it's a a fun process, a, a sometimes a frustrating process, and, and but you know it's all the immediacy of you know that has changed from when I first started to now. So for other SIDs out there, maybe their conference is starting a huge kind of network like that. Maybe they just now getting into streaming. Maybe they want to up their streaming. What are some tips that you would give them to kind of help facilitate things from one place to the other? Well, um, just understand that. You you're not going to know everything off the bat. Um, it, it takes experience. It takes time. Um, there's it's it, you got to be willing to fail before you in order to succeed. Um, I, I've felt at, at times, and this is kind of where the frustrating part gets to or comes out is there's been times where you know I've ordered something to to 
you know, to use for the GLBC Sports Network, and it hasn't worked the way we thought it was going to work. Um, and that was very, very frustrating because you know, right now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm guessing on some of the equipment. Um, some of that, you know, failed on one part. I couldn't use three cameras uh, with, with all the intensity shuttles that we had. Well, it turned out I could send a, a, a program feed on the third intensity shuttle down to the first floor of the pack, so my announcers had a, had a monitor. So now we've figured out the third, you know, how to get that third camera in there, and now we're going to have a three camera setup. Plus, the announcers now have a have a monitor downstairs because of one of my failures. It actually turned out to be, you know, maybe something that was good. So, um, but you know, just uh, people need to understand that you know we're we're not all TV experts, and and uh, it, it's. Uh, it's a growing process and it's something that you got to understand that it's not going to happen overnight. Perfect. So Ray, uh, Dan just kind of touched on a little bit. We've schools, institutions, conferences, what have you, have really become their own media. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you've kind of implemented in this office to really kind of get the message out when we here in Evansville, we have to compete with UE. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically it's just doing our job. Uh, I mean, we have, we have a product uh, that we are able to get out to the media and the media that takes interest. And we have a good fan base here, so and that kind of dictates to the media. Now, if we didn't have the fan base, the media wouldn't pay attention to us. But it's, it's a more of a, you know, good product, good fan base, and combined with, you know, a, a, a media that actually cares about what's going on, that kit keeps us, uh, you know, in the forefront. Perfect. So... Uh and we've kind of talked about this with other SIDs on this show, but is there a sense of kind of you have to compete for that attention in the media? We're in a unique position because we really don't have to compete. I mean, yes, we compete for space, but at least we have a media that's interested in us. Uh, that's been one of the unique things about USI is for a Division two school, we have a good media following. Uh but you know the media is changing, and we're 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 evolving as we go along. The you know, like Dan said, you know we're we're fast becoming our own media outlet. Now the question is, is how do we attract more? How do we move our fan base from being static with the media, TV, newspaper, radio, and get them to to where they automatically come here, subscribe to our newsletters? Subscribe to, uh, you know, if we go to a pay version of the, the video for the uh, GLVCSN, uh, you know, do we do we get the same interactions with the fans that we we currently have? Uh, you know, that's a question for you know down the road. But I'm hoping that the the local media will continue to be, you know, to thrive. Uh, we've seen a lot of changes with the Evansville Career and Press over the last couple of years that, you know, they've gone from staffs of eight, nine people for a sports department, you know, they're down, down to four. Uh, they no longer print uh, the edition here in town, so our deadlines are six o'clock. So our media focus changes a little bit, you know, stuff that we would probably hold for the Courier and Press. We now, we, you know, strategy-wise, we're probably better off trying to hit the TV stations. 
or you know and and who knows if the tv stations change then we got to readjust our uh, it's a constant strategic planning that uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon come on all right so i'd like to transition this part of the interview to where i like to ask some fun questions for you guys because mm -hmm. i know that you're busy you're doing your basketball poster dan but unfortunately you were looking at uk so but anyway uh i want to know just real quick and you kind of i believe those uh Ray, that touched on a little bit, how do you explain what you do, or how are you going to explain what you do to your kids? Um, right now, my my three-year-old sees a billboard and uh, it says Scriegel Pride on it, and he says, basketball, that's daddy's job. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, it's just going to be, you know... I just tell people, and in, 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 I'll tell my kids, it's multimedia. Uh, you know, it's there's all kinds of different things from design to to you know uh, dealing with fo photos, sometimes taking photos to to you know interviews, media relations, um, writing, uh, website maintenance. There's so much that goes on um, that, that we, that we do. And, um, you can't just say it, it's one thing. It's just, a, you know, my, my best description for it's multimedia and, and, you know, whether, whether you're doing it in athletics or, or, you know, doing it for, at a hospital or something, it, it's all similar. It's all, um, you know, it's event management. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it used to be people just thought, well, you know, you're going to keep stats of the game. That's so, the farthest thing from the truth. I mean, yeah, we got stats, but you know, I like to make sure that we have a stat crew so we can uh, stay up and, and mobile. And if we need to put a fire out somewhere or, or need to fill in on a, you know, doing public address or doing. Uh, you know, running production truck for for a basketball game for for the GLBC Sports Network. You know, we've got to be able to to be mobile. So, uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure? Winning the 2010 NCAA baseball championship. That that I, I filled in for Ray on that trip, and, and uh, that was pretty special. That that was. Um, uh, seeing those guys, it, they weren't expected to 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 win that, and they they won the first two games, lost to Georgia College uh, in the third game, came back, beat them in the the if necessary game, and then a uh, you know playing UC San Diego in, in the championship game, you know we were heavy underdogs, and man, I I was sitting up in the radio booth with David DeLong and and, and as the game was going along, I think I kept getting more nervous and nervous. <laughs> that's a that's a funny thing, it, you know. You, you you try not to be tied in with the teams emotionally, but man, when 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 they're doing so good, you just start, you, you know, when or when when you're with them, you, you just you can't help to kind of root for them, and 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 you know, I, of course not in the press box or not cheering or anything, but maybe a little fist pump underneath the, un, underneath the table or something. But yeah, it was, that was, that was a lot of fun. It was a great trip. I spent two weeks in Cary, North Carolina and, in a uh, very, very memorable trip. So thank you, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, same question for you. Oh, there's been a, there's been a lot of them. 
uh, I guess, you know, doing uh, doing radio with, uh, boy, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now that uh, used to be an instructor over across the way. Andrew Boland. Andrew Boland. Uh, in 07, we... We weren't picked to do anything in the regional. We were, the, I think, we were the maybe the five seed out of six, and we swept the the regional. And first time we went to the World Series, and that was down in uh, not Cary, but uh, Montgomery, Alabama, uh, which was it's vastly different from what Cary is. It, it played at a you know a Triple A AAA ballpark, and it was. I mean, there's some things that Cary could learn from uh, Montgomery, and that I think just to make it just a little bit of a bigger stage. But then again, you know, with the the way video is and everything, uh, you know, any of the national championships are fun. Uh, but the best memories I have are just of the student athletes. Uh, so many of the ones that you wouldn't expect it and coming up and just giving you a pat on the back or the, the well, uh, Leanne Freeland, who is an All-American here for women's basketball, uh, the card I got in the mail from her parents after she graduated saying, you know, we would have never been able to keep track of her without all the help you did to getting her name out in the, you know, in the media and everything. You know, it's little things like that that will perk you up at the end of a long year. <laughs> so we talked about kind of your favorite memory about on the other side. What's been the biggest horror story so far? <sighs> I hate to say it, I've been kind of a little bit of a magnet for some bad news. It seems like every now and then I've had my share of student-athlete deaths. Um, you know, when I was in Florida, I had a soccer player on Christmas Eve walk off the field, get in his car, and pass away from a heart attack. Uh, dealing with the media on that one, because I was the only one left in town, was a made you grow up very quickly. Uh, I've had car accidents, you know, that resulted in fatalities. Of course, the worst one... Uh, and this goes, still goes through my mind every year at some point is uh, when Jerron Lewis for on basketball I passed away at Kentucky Wesleyan. Uh, I mean, he was on the court, and then boom, he was gone. Uh, you know, I mean, it, what's what's amazing is, is even in that tragedy, it's also one of the, my proudest moments because I was able to maintain my composure through all of that and make sure that the student athletes were protected from, not necessarily protected from the media, but shielded so that they could have their time to grieve. Uh, you know, that I did my best for the university and make sure that the university's uh, reputation and everything was upheld during that crisis. It's, you don't know what you've got in you until you're tested. And in, in my case, I've been tested a couple of times. Sorry to hear that. Hopefully nobody, unfortunately, people have to go through it, but yeah. it's something that you wish you never have to. So, Dan, about the same question for you. Jerron, uh, not even close. Um, it's the uh, only time I've had to deal with a student athlete passing away and to have that happen on the court, on the stage it was on, with it being at, at Kentucky Wesleyan and in it, it actually it doesn't even matter where it happened. It's the fact that we lost a student athlete and um, you know a, a great kid and and just uh, you know not having him. You know we think about it all the time. You know and, and uh, I hate to see student athletes go through that or you know that to lose a friend and and um, you know. A coach to have to lose somebody that 
you know, Coach Watson had to go through that, and the staff had to go through that. That was tough. That was tough. Okay. All right, let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, when you look around at the conference, division, country, what have you, and there is a good SID, and you say that's that's a good one right there. What are some things that they do or some characteristics that they have that make you say that? Um, <clears throat> leadership skills, um, communication skills, uh, the um, uh, the ability to do their jobs right. We still live in a world, uh, you know, in an age where we have to depend on uh, the other schools getting us game files back. You know, <laughs> I when I said something about the, you know, it's not just showing up and doing stats. Well, when when your team's on the road, you're you know depending on those stats coming back so you can finish your story, get your website updated and whatnot, and, and get things out in, in in a proper time so you can, uh, you know, go on uh, and spend time with your family. You know that there's been times with schools that you know you can tell the difference between between schools that are are on the you know on cue with getting your stuff out in a timely fashion, and then there's other schools where you're having to call them, "Hey, can I get a game file?" You know. Um, but that that's you know yeah I don't want to just say that that's the only thing that goes into making a good you know good SID or um, but you know, obviously the communication skills I always say if there's going to be a problem or if you envision you know it, you envision a potential issue with getting the stats out you know getting the game file out to the, the opposing school that you communicate that in advance say hey just FYI we have this and this going on. Uh, we're going to get you the game file, but you might look for it at a certain time. You know, it may come earlier, but just just FYI, it, there's a good chance it's going to come late. Um, I was uh, looked at Kenny Badalak, who's now at Kentucky Wesleyan, but he was when he was at St. Joe, he was great about uh, you know letting us know ahead of time. He was a one man shop uh, coaching golf, but he'd always tell you ahead of time, hey, FYI. You know, I got, we got this, this, and this going on. I can't obviously can't be at all three places, so um, uh, just knowing this is when to expect getting stats. So you know that that's all, all you can ask for. Same way with you, Ray. Uh, just the way they run their office. If they're organized, uh, I, I always try to grab some tidbits here and there. But when you've been in it as long as I have, it. You you kind of, you're kind of setting your ways on how you want organizations done. Uh, in fact, uh, Dan the other day was like, "I don't know how you kept everything scheduled like this." And I said, "That's why I get very. It's not strict, but it's it's more of a rigid to scheduling and everything. And you know, adding stuff to the schedule either tips it one way or the other. And if you can." If you can keep that timeline going, you know, you can add to it one way or the other, but it's a balance, and it's just like keeping the scales going. Perfect. So one piece of advice you give to a student going to this profession? Realize that the day after graduation is not the end of your education. It's, the, it's just the beginning because, like I said, I went from the start of Apple Macintosh to now using 
you know, I swore up and down that I would never be an Apple person. And now that's pretty much all I use. Uh -huh. uh, you know, if I could never have envisioned everything that I would be doing now. And yet I had to learn. I mean, I've learned from Dan. I've learned from other people. Uh, you know, there's, there's skills you have to, to keep up with. And in, in the end, your education never really ends. It's, it, and it's not an education you're going to see with a piece of paper. It's just, you know, as the USI tagline is, knowledge for life, well, that knowledge has to keep building. Perfect, perfect. So, Dan, about the same question for you. Uh, I tell all students, make sure they get the experience as an undergrad. Um, students that are just think that they're going to graduate and apply for a job, well, they probably, you know, if you're not getting the experience as an undergrad, you're probably going to have a hard time. Um, it's going to take you a while. And if you do get a job, you're going to be a little bit behind the eight ball. Um, it's, and not to say that they can't succeed in sports information, but um, it just might take them longer to, to get their, you know, get going and, and they might have a harder time with it. Um, the other thing is, is, uh, you know, once they do graduate, or even even as an undergraduate, just make sure that you're personable. Make sure that you know you're talking to coaches, talking to student athletes. Um, you know, it helps build a rapport uh, with you know the coaches like you. It help makes your job easier. Um, not and then uh, always understand to be prepared. You know, and, and this is. Uh, I would say this to all uh, SIDs in the field and all students. Uh, my my favorite movie quote in of all time is "Chance favors a prepared mind," and it is so true um, that the more preparation that you put into hosting an event, you know, uh, you can't just do it. You can't just wing it. Else, it just becomes a game, you know, um, and, and you know if you're prepared for it um, and willing to to be a little flexible, you know, if something comes up, the more prepared you are, the more, you know, the easier it is for you to become more flexible uh, if something does arise. Uh, Work-life balance. <laughs> is there such a thing? Um, yes. Well... Ray and I are both in a in a luxurious spot where you know, we we obviously don't have football, so we don't have that experience of of you know having a eight hundred pound gorilla. But we still have seventeen sports um, to to deal with. But we've got two people in our office. We've got a GA, a student assistant, um, and. and it's one of those things that we've got the luxury of, of trying to, you know, of, of balancing, you know, home and, and, and work. And I will, I will tell you this much, you know, my kids come first, you know, I, I will, if I got a call right now, um, to, to that one of them was sick, I'd have to drop everything and go pick them up. Um, but, uh, you know, I understand that not every office is, has that, you know, that luxury. I, I would say this for all the one-man shops, fight like hell to get yourself an assistant because uh, 
or or make sure that you know if you are a one man shop that you don't have to deal with some of the stuff that Ray and I have to deal with with whether it be scores table set you know you know make sure that you're not that everything is not getting dumped on you because there is more to life than the office uh, and if the office is your only life it's probably unhealthy and you know I would advise against it Ray work life balance what do you have fun um, well, one, I mean, I used to be one of those knuckleheads that would put in 70 hours a week. And after a few health scares with my wife and everything, I, and going to one of those work-life balance things at Cosida and hearing somebody talk about the fact that, you know, they had just lost their wife and, you know, that, you know, you know, what would you give up a day to with her rather than go in the office? And the answer was, of course, was no. You know, uh, you know, you, you got to set your priorities. I mean, I've tried to cut it down under 60. Uh, if I, if I hit 60, it's a bad week. Uh, but I've learned that, you know, not everything has to be done. Not everything has to, and it's a process you have to learn what the priorities are at each institution. Some institutions, there are different priorities. If, uh, you know, if you see that game notes aren't being used at games, what's the point of using them? Uh, you know, again, it, the written word is kind of going away to more of graphics. So if you can get everything you need done with graphics, then you don't have to write as much. You know, you, you have to set your priorities, but you have to be aware of your surroundings to, to understand it. Cool. So next time someone's in Evansville, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Oh, Taroni's on Main Street. Okay, perfect, perfect. What about you, Dan? Um, as far as an Evansville thing, um, I've got to go with uh, oh, Stoll's. I'm mm -hmm. on uh, 4164, great Amish buffet. Unbelievable. It will ruin your view of fried chicken anywhere else in town. Um, uh, but pizza-wise, I'm not the biggest Taroni's fan pizza-wise. I do like Taroni's, but not not my favorite. A-Zip is definitely a, it's a new thing in Evansville, and, and it's, I would de definitely recommend that. Um, just I actually tried to... Uh, twisted tomato pizza. Uh, you have a hard time finding that if you're in Evansville, but that's really good. <laughs> so um, if anybody want to get in touch with you, maybe they had any questions for you guys, what would be the best way to do it? Um, shoot me an email uh, or, or, or just pick the phone up and call. Um, uh, got the information on our website, GoUSIEagles.com. That's a cheap plug. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, just shoot me an email or, or give me a phone call. Perfect. What about you, Ray? Any specific Same. way? Uh, phone calls are fine. Uh, it's always nice to get away from uh, the electronic uh, digital versions. Uh, you know, I think that's one thing about our profession that we have gotten away from. We've lost a little bit of that personal contact. And, uh, you know, getting on the phone and hearing somebody else's voice on the other end of the line is maybe, maybe it's something we need to get more back to. A little bit old school, but adds a little bit of humanity to our business. Perfect. Thank you guys for coming on. I really do appreciate it. 
Uh, thank you for being a part of this one-year anniversary thing that we have. Are you guys going to Fall Fest real quick? Have you been yet? Just for our USI uh, uh, media spectacular, <laughs> introduced the basketball teams down on the Fall Fest. Uh, of course, I did indulge in some of the fried delicacies down there, uh, but... Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm not an original Evansville person, so I think if you grow up with it and you learn to spend your vacations down there, that's yeah. that's one thing. I'm I've just never been able to spend all week down there. Have you been yet, Dan? Hey, same thing. I, I normally do the Monday night with the you know with the basketball uh, teams getting introduced at the West Side Nut Club stage, but I'm not a huge uh, fried food fan. Uh, I do like the Prano Pups, and and uh, um, but uh, other than that, it's not really my 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 thing to to be down there the whole week. Yeah, I was down there yesterday, and Morgan and I were like, let's just spend you know a couple hours there, just go on a nice day. We were there for maybe half an hour. I can't take that many people. It's just it's just <laughs> lot, too much. It's a yeah, lot of people. <laughs> it, it is the second largest street festival next to the Mardi Gras. Yeah, so that's fine. They they had this mac and cheese. There's like this little mac and cheese booth. They put it on the news. They put barbecue stuff. They like put barbecue chips in it and they sprayed it with barbecue. It was good stuff. But yeah, I don't like it. That's my second <laughs> one. I don't like, but whatever. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. So. Thank you, everyone, for subscribing, downloading, rating, and reviewing this podcast. Very important. Helps out with the algorithms over on iTunes. And we thank you for being a part of this uh, one-year anniversary thing. Uh, Ray and Dan are going out on this Tuesday. Uh, we're kind of, it's kind of weird to talk like that in the future type of thing. But um, tomorrow we will have exactly one year as the start or exactly one-year birthday from when we interviewed Tyler Jester a year ago. So we thank you, everyone, for listening, and we hope to catch you all tomorrow. Thank you.